Hey everybody, this is Chad, and I understand that uh, a lot of you are on to me about this fake friend Mike Cronin, so I'm not even going to bother with a fake we tried to record again, blah, 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 blah. So uh, that's it. Just wanted to let you know um, I have some shows coming up. I have um, on my Instagram, if you, I have some new uh, drive safe, don't rape merchandise. Now, I want to be very clear about something. If if you're only hearing that for the first time, I would uh, urge you to go watch Dad Channels on Amazon and fast forward to that bit. I don't care, but I think you need the context instead of me just saying that. So, um, so if you're still mad about it after you watch that bit, hey, nothing I can do. This podcast is not for you, but uh, hope you stick around because um, I think it does make sense once you see exactly what that's about. And uh, like I said, some dates coming up on the website. All you have to do is go to chaddaniels.com, hit tour. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion we are getting closer to Cyrus the virus coming back. Don't know if I should call him that considering uh, what he's going through, but I'm going to call him that anyways. I'm going to call him that until... Um, he tells me not to, and I can't imagine he listens to this show uh, anymore, like like so many. Uh, <laughs> listen, I have a great guest today, and uh, next week we're going off the beaten path a little bit. Next week I'm having a guest on that is not a stand-up comedian, and I am so freaking excited about it. And this isn't going to become like an interview podcast or anything. We are going to get back to what this is and that's Cy and I having conversations. But for now, I hope you're enjoying getting to know some new people. Hey guys, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of the Chad Daniels Show. What the fuck? Where is my co-host? Hey everybody, this is the middle of somewhere. Don't worry, we haven't changed the name. I just thought I'd throw that out there as a little beacon of light to a guy I used to be friends with who used to text me once in a while, sigh. Um, He's actually at home, and he's, uh, he's getting back to his fighting self, so... I do wish him well, of course. Now, a lot of you have messaged me and you're saying like, Chad, you've been in the house too long. Even though you haven't gotten Corona, thankfully, it's messing with your mind because you think you have this friend named Mike Cronin. Okay, so I get it. The bid is up. I'm not going, I've run out of ways to tell you that uh, he can't do the show or whatever. So, um, So that bit's done. You guys forced me out of another bit. I hope you're happy. I try these bits and then you just come at me and you come at me until I don't know what the fuck to do but throw my hands in the air. And so the Cronin bit is up. And uh, so now I'll just go back to my normal way of introducing guests, if that's okay with everybody. I don't know. I'm sure I'll fucking hear about it on social media. Hey, Chad, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Did you hurt size back? Ladies and gentlemen, my guests today, we've been friends for a very long time. I believe the first time I ever played left, right, center, he was across the table from me. And uh, we've gotten into a lot of trouble. We've uh, had a lot of laughs. I have video of his dick on my phone. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Cronin. Chad, I've prepared a statement. And I'm ready. 
I, Michael Cronin, have been the victim of slander by the Middle of Somewhere podcast. <laughs> Two years ago, I was asked to be a guest on the show. I drove 14 hours from Cincinnati to Minneapolis and was told upon my arrival that we'd be recording at 8 a.m. the following morning. So going to bed immediately would give me six hours of sleep. As I lie in bed in the guest room of Cy, excuse me, Greg Amundsen's house, I discovered that it was directly above where Cy and Jenna sleep, and I can hear everything they're saying. So I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. I woke up at 7 on two hours of sleep and headed to do the podcast, wherein Mr. Daniels showed up on Zoom quite hungover with very little energy and gave setups to my stories such as this real example. Well, we had to put her dog down this week. Mike, have you had any weird pets? <laughs> Cy was in a similar situation due to the lack of sleep and losing a fight to Jenna the night before. So for the next two years, these clowns berated me on their podcast, calling me boring, which brings us to the Christmas episode. Cy calls me two days before the show with an idea that I would buy ad space on the special to clear my name. I asked, absolutely, how long should it be and what should I say? To which Cy replied, however long you want and whatever you want to say. Now, at the time, the above-mentioned Mr. Cronin, me, was in the process of moving into a new house with his pregnant fiance, who happened to also have COVID. So I had to move everything my goddamn self with no help from anybody, <laughs> all while doing all the cooking, cleaning, dishes, laundry, and I was training for a new job because it's very hard to support a family as an up-and-coming comic. And it's actually impossible to support a family as a comic when two of your friends tell thousands of people a week that you're boring. But I took the time out of my schedule and I spent a few hours writing, a few hours recording, tweaking it and sent it over. And Cyrus responds promptly two hours later with, it's too long and I don't like this one joke. Well, I was out of time, so I had nothing to do. <laughs> he tells me to edit it, but I couldn't. So uh, I just sent it out, and he replaced himself over the whole thing, telling the audience that it was just too boring to watch. Afterwards, I texted Sai, how was the show? And he never responded, and we haven't talked since. So it's great to be here. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, uh, I've prepared a response. Yeah. <laughs> no one fucking cares. Is that your lawyer in the background? Yeah. And he just whispered in my ear, <laughs> tell him no one fucking cares. Uh, that's so great. You know what I've found out? I've had people message me. We had to go see if Mike was real. And then they find your stuff and they find your social media stuff and they think it's great and they start to follow you. Yeah, I've had friend, I've had people come out to my shows with I Am Uncle Rondi t-shirts and take pictures with me afterwards. Oh, wow. Well, that, so, so it really wasn't too slanderous, thank goodness. No, no. Well, that's, that's great. Well, I, listen, I'm happy we finally did it. I'm happy yeah. you're finally here. I have known you were going to be a guest for some time and that's why I have led up to your episode with a bunch of uh tomfoolery yeah i will say i did go to the hospital because i tried to eat two cadbury eggs at the same time 
What people don't realize, and I tried to tell you before you did it, is the inside is made up of nothing but fluffed sugar. Yeah. It's like milk and sugar that's whipped. And when you try to swallow that, you can't. It lurks in your... It's like when you take a bite of chicken and there's still some skin on it and half of the chicken goes down and then <laughs> half is in your mouth and it just is sitting there jiggling like a shake weight. There's nothing you can do about it. No. No, you can't well, do I'm glad. I'm glad that they uh, gave you a $1,000 glass of warm water <laughs> to wash down the eggs when you got to the ER. That seems... <laughs> perfect in your circumstances that healed me right um, up <laughs> have you really not talked to size since the christmas thing no i haven't Lordy, <laughs> that's been more than 40 days yeah i hope he's doing well i saw he got that shot in his back oh yeah i know i know uh yeah he got it in his uh in his stomach skin he pinched his stomach skin and then they put it in there where'd he find that Jesus Christ! I don't know. It looked. It's on his social media. It looked. Uh, it looked horrible. But um, you know, hopefully those are uh, those shots are helping. Now I'd like to get you sent me some stories that we've been friends for a long time, and I've never heard these. Yeah. Well, so I got a bunch I'm very of them. excited about it. You know, I want to tell you about dating uh, during COVID in Los Angeles. Now, okay. Uh, I was divorced. You know that. Um. And I moved from Raleigh, North Carolina to L.A. Hold on. And what? This is Andy Woodhull's story. Oh. Oh, shit. You're right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so starting out comedy in northern Canada, um, it was a boot a long time before I got really good and met you in, in wait a second. Chicago. You, hmm? you didn't. Um, this is Ian Bagg. He, he's from northern Canada. He's from way up there in B.C. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Go ahead and tell me one of the stories that you, because uh, you sent me some good stories. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I okay, yeah. Heard um, of, so. so, all right, so I do the road a lot, and I came back home. Sure. And I decided to take my kids out to IHOP in uh, northern Minnesota, and we were at this IHOP, and I didn't have an ID on me. Hey, this is uh what? That's my that's a that's my joke. It's not even a story. It's like a I mean, it's a story that I told on an album. I told it on Footprints on the Moon. Well, goddamn it, Chad, you told everyone I was boring for 2 years. I got to I got to come with some heat. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you're still for the first the first story. I was like, "What the fuck? He's not divorced." <laughs> He's not from Raleigh, North Carolina. I was sitting here like, I've heard this before. What is happening? Oh, shit. That is so funny. And then, of course, when you said Northern Canada, I was like, oh, we're just running through the, the guest list. <laughs> well played, Cronin. Well played. Well, Thank listen, you. if you haven't listened in a while because you're mad at Cy for not talking to you since the Christmas episode. I've listened every episode. And have you fan. really? Yeah. Well, then I think you're going to love this. Hey, everybody. It's uh, <laughs> We got a Monday fun. Monday, it's moose in the morning. I didn't even go on vacation. I was actually on suspension from home doing Zoom shows as Antelope in the AM. But I am back. I got transferred to another station, a college alt rock station, and I can't wait. That was the Pixies. Where is my mind? I'll tell you where my mind is. It's back on the intern at KFOX where I used to work. God damn. 
I mean, come on, wear a bra. Am I right? Hey, we got Mike Cronin in the hot seat, everybody. And just kidding, ladies, don't wear a bra. It's your right. We got Cronin <laughs> in the hot seat. We got a uh, couple things coming up. We got some fantastic music on the way. Moose in the morning. Hey, Mike, have you ever done any uh, stand-up at any sort of uh, bike-a-thons or anything? Well, yes, I have, Moose. Thank you. It's great to be here. First time My pleasure. A lot of people don't know this. I'm a very good guesser. I look into people's eyes and I can tell what stories they want to tell. (laughs) That was the best setup since I've been on Brian Allen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's Byron Allen. Oh, my my apologies. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, a friend of ours and uh, Alex Stone, uh, he... He goes, hey, do you want to do this show with me? And I was young in comedy. I was like, absolutely. And it was, we were supposed to do stand-up at a MS Bikeathon. Oh. Yeah. So now hold on for a second. I have a question. Yeah. It's a bikeathon to raise money for multiple sclerosis. To fight multiple, not to, to not fight, to help multiple not, sclerosis. Yeah. No, not to raise money for multiple sclerosis to like win. Yeah. It's it's to counteract. It's to give money to scientists to fix. Okay. That's right. Yes. Thank you for the correction because I did say that wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so our job was just to – have you ever had to do a show where your whole job as a stand-up is just to fill time in between band setting up? Yeah. I mean, can I – take it a step further and when Theo Vaughn and I've probably told this story but when Theo Vaughn started stand-up he had come from road rules Mm -hmm. and so he was selling out rooms but didn't have enough time to headline so what they would do is they would call someone who could like you said fill the time at the end of the show and keep these like teenage girls focused for 45 minutes <laughs> while Theo set up his merch. And then that's what I, that's my job was. So when people are like, oh yeah, I, I opened for Brian Regan. Well, I closed for Theo Vaughn. That was my <laughs> job for a little while where I had to fill time after he goes up and just crushes. Now I'm going to tell you something. When you see somebody come out of those reality shows, right? You're always like, Jesus Christ. Even some people that come out of SNL, and they're sta- you see their stand-up, and they're like, all right, you're selling tickets on your name. Good for you. I, I, you can't really get too mad about it. And I thought that's what was going to happen to Theo Vaughn. But this is a dude that put in his time and took his licks, and I think he's fucking fantastic. Yeah, he's I a mean, killer. Listen, listening to his set now, he's got such a unique vibe, and uh, I, th- I, just, I really think he's great, and I'm really glad – that he didn't take the easy route and rest on selling those tickets because of road rules, and he fucking crushes it. Yeah. Well, this story is the opposite of Theo Vaughn. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I figured that's why I like to pump it up a little bit. Yeah. So we were at a campground, and people we were performing for people who had just biked seventy-five miles. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no. That's exactly. <laughs> hold on. This is my impersonation of one of these bikers. I'm five miles in. I can't wait to get to that stand-up comedy tonight at the campground. (laughs) No one, ever. And there's not even an audience area. There's not chairs or anything. It's just the closest tent is 100 yards from us. And it's it's people (laughs) eating after they just bike 75 miles. Awesome. And so we get there at 2 p.m. And as soon as we get there, the person running it is like, okay, you're on right now. 
And I was like, great. Uh, so they put me up and then I was going to do 15 and then bring Alex up. So I'm on there and I'm just bombing horribly for 15 minutes. Nobody's paying it. I can't, I can't even say that I'm bombing because no one is paying attention at all. Like I'm sure. not doing bad cause I suck. I'm doing bad because I'm performing to nobody. Essentially. It's like, it's like when they uh, hire you for a college show and they're like, Hey, this one's going to be in the cafeteria. And also uh, we just had uh, a bunch of people get food poisoning, so the cafeteria is closed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> but it. go ahead. I mean, we're going to pay you. You came. Yeah, we're going to pay you. Do, do these jokes for the chairs. So, and also while I'm on stage, there is a generator um, next to the <laughs> stage, a gas generator that's powering everything, and that's all I can hear. So even if I was doing well, all I can hear is just <laughs> right next to me. So I do 15 minutes sweating and I, and I go, okay, time to bring up the next comic. And then the, the person running it goes, no, that's enough time. The band's set up. So if you can just get off stage now. So oh, I get off wow. stage. Alex dodged the bullet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just like cringing over here, picturing all of the shows that you have to do when you're starting. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this will be a good idea. And then you find out you're sweating more than any of the people that bike 75 miles. Yeah. Because the spotlight is the fucking sun setting. Yeah, It's exactly. just right in your eyes. <laughs> Fantastic. So now the band's playing, and they're they're just rocking out, and everyone's listening and actually enjoying it. And um, I'm standing next to the generator and telling Alex, like, this thing was so loud right in my ear, and it's all I could hear while I was on stage. And as I'm pointing at it, it runs out of gas and dies, and all the band's music just stops. <laughs> All their instruments stop playing and they all turn and look at me and see me touching the generator. And they're like, did you sabotage the generator because you bombed so hard earlier? (laughs) That's a perfect move. Yeah, well, obviously I would have if I would have thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, I brought a little pin and I fucking popped all your bike tires and I popped the hose for uh, the gasoline hose from the generator. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, those early shows are so nightmarish. What'd you guys do after that? Like, did anyone talk to you? Were you staying at the campground? Oh, I, we heard, uh, we heard some, gr- I had some great compliments afterwards. Like, you know, you weren't doing as bad as you thought. That was a good <laughs> one. That was the best <laughs> thing I heard all day. Yeah. It's always people. Uh, I don't know if they should teach complimenting in high school, <laughs> but you get people to come up to you like, Hey, they'll grab your wrist and be like, I was laughing. Well, thank you. Yeah, great. Thank you. And also, no, you weren't because I would have heard it over the silence. So <laughs> yeah. don't fucking tell me you were laughing, you piece of shit. Oh, and then at the end of the night, the the only other time we ever performed was inside. And Alex did most of that time. So he like actually had a good, a decent show. And so you guys, so there's like a... Like a, a big, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it's like where everyone can go in and have an indoor picnic when it's raining at the campground. Yeah. This was like a kid's like sleepaway camp. So they had like a big auditorium. Oh my attached. God. And it had power, <laughs> of course. So they didn't yeah. have a generator by the stage. I fucking guarantee Alex. And by the way, I love the guy. He's the guy that uh-huh. uh, created the movie show that we talk about on here. Um, yeah. Uh, he probably was like, hey, man, do 15, and then I'll come up and do 15 because we're supposed to do a half hour. And then you did your 15, but little did you know, 15 was all you had to do. And then he was like, yeah, I'll just do the inside show since you already 
did that show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and incredible. he was in a band, so he was probably with the band. Like, I can set up your instruments in 15 minutes. <laughs> do you guys need help? I know how to do this very quick. <laughs> I can set up a drum kit faster than anybody. <laughs> oh, my God. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Moose in the Morning again. All right. Well, wait, before you go, what's the worst show you've ever done? Worst show I've ever done, I mean, there are a lot of them. Here's, here's a worst show that I never did. I think I've, I think I've also said this, but, uh, but I got asked one time to do a college show, and the guy said it was a, it was a pizza line. Mm-hmm. So people were, were just going to go through and get pizza on their plate and go sit down. And instead of waiting till everyone got their pizza and then doing a show – the guy asked me if I would do 15 minutes, the same 15 minutes four times in a row at the end of the pizza line. And he was like, well, no one will hear it because there'll be different people coming through. And I was like, are you fuck? I'm going to have to like time this when people are getting seconds to try to figure out what joke they came in on the first time. Ridiculous. But yeah, so I didn't even do that show. I just said, I shook the guy's hand and I said, listen, I can't do this to myself because, uh, there's way too much stuff about comedy that makes a comedian hate themselves anyways. Mm-hmm. And I don't need this lingering over all of that, bringing the fucking house down. It's like putting a cement brick on top of a house of cards, you know? Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's uh, I'm back. It's Moose in the Morning. We got Monday, Funday, Mike Cronin in the hot seat. Hey, everybody. That was Sucks These Tits, You Bitch by the German Jerk Stoppers. This is uh, College Alt-Rock. College out rock. German jerk stoppers. Suck these tits, you bitch. They will be down at the armory in two weeks. Check them out. Hey, we got Cronin in the hot seat. Thanks for joining us, Mike. We are back. He's going to stay for another break. Hey, was there a... Have you ever been to a Fallout Boy concert? Well, yes, I have, actually, Moose. That's crazy. I can't believe it. I'm two for two. Moose in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I... I used to date a girl who did sign language interpreting and she would do it at big concerts. And so I would get to go for free okay. and, and hang out there. And, uh, and it was at this big music festival in Cincinnati called Bunbury. Okay. And the headliner that night was the fallout boy. And I've never been a fan of fallout boy, but okay, it sure. was just a huge concert. And I was like, yeah, I'll go and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there and her cousin is someone who, I don't mean to be mean, but I can only the best way to describe her as she has so much self-confidence for like a baffling amount of self-confidence for how overweight she is. Okay, sure. Now, here's my favorite thing about the phrase. I don't mean to be mean, yeah. but and you just know the fucking meanest thing come, is about to come except <laughs> sugarcoated, You're right. except sugarcoated, because I could see your eyes almost flipping spinning in your head yeah because you were like she has a a massive amount of self-confidence for uh um just your eyes spinning trying to figure out don't say fat (laughs) yes okay so a lot of self-confidence very confident with herself which is great that's what self-confidence is that with her yeah yeah oh me too i mean listen i talk about this in therapy all the time guys that can grill with their shirt off that shouldn't have their shirt off are fucking baffling to me. Oh yeah. They're baffling to me. There's sometimes where I'm having like, I figure I've, I've eaten too much before bed and I'm about to hop in the shower. I'll just fucking keep a tank top on, man. I don't need to see this. 
Yeah. Anytime and I these see these guys are out there flipping burgers into their belly button, just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, you guys, look. <laughs> look what I can do. It's it... insane. He's clapping at himself with his own tits. <laughs> like self applause. Anytime I see tanned man boobs, I'm like, God, I wish I had that self confidence. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. take these out and I could fucking spin around and land a boat in a storm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What's the truth? Yeah. And so I'm with her cousin and her cousin is a little drunk and she's like, I'm going to get us to the front of the stage. So I was like, cool. So she's dragging me along. And as she's passing through this crowd of people, by the way, who have camped out there for all day to get a really right. good seat. Uh-huh. And this drunk, this drunk white chick is like, excuse me, my cousin's performing up there. Sign language. We got to get up and see her. And so she's like just dragging me through. <laughs> and we get to like six. We're like six rows in from the main stage from the stage it's it was crazy we were like 15 feet away you made it that far up yeah well here's the thing here's what you need you need a a, first of all you need a female right and and the self-confidence needs to be there right so they will bowl through human beings and then you need the body with which to do the bowling (laughs) and so you have found yourself probably the greatest fullback in the fucking history of concerts absolutely yeah the only issue is i've been at to concerts with women before that do the same thing right they get drunk and they're just like no one ever stops me from doing anything right i'm a pretty girl (laughs) and then i have to stop them and go i'm not yeah. You're going to skip to Malou and fucking spill someone's beer and then I'm going to get punched in the face for you. That's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm not into it. Yeah. I don't need I, I don't need to see uh this Helter Skelter cover band close <laughs> up to where I get punched in the fucking face because you think the gold guitar is neat. You know what I mean? I just yeah. it's not something in my life that I need. Right. Right. So we get there and um, she lasts maybe halfway through the first song. And then she's like, this is too intense. I got to get out of here. So she bails. <laughs> Hold on. I hate to keep interrupting you. But <laughs> if Fallout Boy is too intense for you, yeah, then I don't know where her self-confidence lies. Because you should be able to take some Fallout Boy songs face to face. Yeah, so she went downtown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she got out of there. And then, so I'm just watching the concert, and I ended up staying there for the whole concert, just like, you know, 10, 15 feet from the stage, just in this sea of people, just really enjoying it. And there was this really cute couple right in front of me with, uh, like, a four-year-old son who was, like, on their shoulders the whole time and dancing. And this was late at night, so he started to get tired by the end of the concert. And it was middle of June, so it was like hot as hell. Everyone's sweating, and he is just asleep in their arms, like laid out because he was like too hot. <laughs> sure. But also, they couldn't put him down on the ground. <laughs> Those are good parents. Yeah, and they're it's like right at the end of the concert, they're grabbing all their stuff, and I'm just watching them doing this, and I was like, I just wanted to be helpful, so I go, Hey, do you want me to hold your baby? Haven't talked to him the whole show. (laughs) And they're like, what? And I go, I can hold your baby while you get everything ready. And they're like, no. And that's when I realized, oh, yeah, that's like the creepiest thing I've ever done in my life. Just ask a stranger, can I hold your baby? 
And then I just picture you being hoarse from yelling the whole concert. Like, <laughs> you're doing great with the sign language! Just <laughs> screaming. And so actually what you sounded like was... Can I hold you, baby? You're <laughs> just completely you, hoarse. <laughs> Is there any chance I can hold you, baby? I came here with a girl, but she left me. <laughs> can I hold you, baby? Please let me hold your sweaty baby. <laughs> no, I, someone spilled water. This isn't cleavage sweat. Let me hold <laughs> your baby. <laughs> yeah, so I had to run away from there as quickly as I could. Oh, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? I yeah. mean, that's like... Uh, I think back like when my kids were that age, maybe Isaac, I think Isaac was right on the cusp where we were still letting a village, it takes a village to raise a child, mm -hmm. right? Um, and maybe we were just on the cusp where if someone was like, hey, could, I'll hold your baby while you pick that up. You're like, yeah, all right, no problem. Yeah. But Olivia was just like, get the fuck out of here, you creepy piece of shit. <laughs> Especially if they were hoarse for me to, hey, guys, I just want to hold your baby. <laughs> Ooh, that kind of gets me into that. Watch this. <clears throat> Call this a transition in the business. Hey, everybody, can I hold you? Hey, everybody, it's Moose in the Morning. We are back live from College Outrock Station, KFUCK. We can say it. No one's listening. It's College Outrock. We're down here at 89.7 on the dial. Holy shit, I didn't know the radio dial went that far down, and I've been doing this since I got out of high school in 58. Hey, everybody, we were listening to Carry the Cross, Carry My Brother by newcomer Greg Amundsen. Uh, wow, that was a fantastic song. Carry the Cross, Carry My Brother. Greg Amundsen has potential. Heard him in concert with Mouse War about two years ago down at the Armory. Not bad, Greg. Thanks for sending in your new one. Hey, we got Mike Cronin in the hot seat. As you know, it's Moose in the Morning. I was masquerading as Antelope in the AM while the last pass from Jim Twos. How'd that feel, you son of a bitch? <laughs> hey, uh, Mike, what's the coolest thing you've ever done? Well, God, I love Moose so much. I love Fridays when you do beefing or queefing, where you, where you <laughs> play do. a noise and you see if it's either a girl farting or a guy, a guy farting or a girl queefing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, just wait. Oh, shit. <laughs> beefing or queefing ah uh, yikes that is pretty fantastic and that's probably going to make the rest of the episodes while Good. moose in the morning is still alive until the lawsuit actually does clear Good. well the coolest thing i've ever done was at a brouhaha one year um, now keep in mind you do have a girlfriend right yeah that is having a baby fiance Fiance, I beg your pardon. I knew that. I called her your girlfriend one other time too. But fiance is having your baby. So you've put a child into a woman you love. And the coolest thing you've ever done happened at Brouhaha. I'm listening. Go ahead. Yeah, but is yeah, she? That's the question. Is she listening? That's going to be a big, <laughs> a big factor in this whole thing. Probably not. Um, which... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got another Psy fan, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so... Uh, you guys talk about brouhaha a lot on the show, but you don't really yes, talk we do. about we love it. how much of a drunken shit show it is most of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's so so basically, we've talked about it a ton, Yeah, but you go there, there are beer vendors everywhere. So imagine the food area of your county or state fair, but it's 
no food. It's all beer, all different kinds. Yeah. And this place, you can walk probably, I'm going to say, three quarters of a mile on this little strip. And it's beer vendors mm -hmm. everywhere. Two bathrooms, one of them strategically located almost outside of the fucking area. Yeah. Right? So that's like the secret bathroom where everyone knows to go. But it's also lower and closer to the river. So about nine o'clock on friday the whole floor is flooded flooded with uh either piss or river water or both we don't know yeah and but frankly, everyone's wasted yeah frankly, everyone's wasted you go in you go in you buy tickets and then that's the only you can't pay cash at the beer place you have to buy tickets when you come in and so people buy way too many tickets and then they realize they're having beers that are 7.9 you know alcohol percentage whatever uh, and they're not used to that. They're used yeah. to their three, two or three, two Coors lights. And I'm having trouble with my tongue. Everyone listening. I need you to <laughs> dial it in because I just said three tour and now I'm combining words. Mary Tansora was here last week. It's Santora. Um, my tongue has been given like my tongue had a stroke and the rest of my body continues to work. But uh, but it's great because then people have these extra tickets and they're like, well, I don't want to waste these tickets. I can't get my money back. So they buy another beer after they've puked. It's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and comics-wise, uh, Mikey will just walk around and hand us like free tickets, or, or same with comics where they buy too many tickets and they're like, "We got to go home." Here's here's ten tickets. Yeah, just and, and Mike, when other. you say Mikey, My Michael Kurtz, the manager of the comedy club in town, which is Go Bananas, but also puts on. He, he, I mean, he's responsible for hiring all the comedians. He's responsible for making sure he knows what comedians are going to be at different stages. So yeah. he's like running this thing. And he's also one of the biggest online trolls that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he has that the time. That has ever lived. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, he has, I think like a, maybe four or five different Facebook, and I might be underestimating it, but four or five different Facebook uh, personalities. One of them is Richard Hertz, of course. Dick Hertz. One of us is uh, Angus. Somebody Agnes Angus Hertz. A oh, Agnes. Agnes yeah. Hertz. Okay. Uh, so also, anyways, my tongue and my reading ability have gone out the window. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm like, well, who's this Angus Hertz? It's Agnes. That's pretty yeah. neat. Um, I like to sing contracts and I like to sign songs. Hi, everybody. Well, that was probably confusing because your girlfriend was signing at the concert, but yeah. Um, yeah, so so Michael Kurtz all, doing all this stuff is is nasty on social media, but so funny to follow because he gets people just bent over themselves. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now I'll leave you alone. You can tell the story. Okay. So we're there. It was, uh, and we're on the the main lawn, which is probably what would you say? Like main stage is like two football fields. Yeah, it's worth of grass. I, I would say so. I mean. I would say they can they get fifteen hundred people in there. Would you Would you think? Uh, probably more than that. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah I, I guess I don't know. I've I've only been there during the day. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't seen it filled out because <laughs> that's that's uh, that's more Chris Catan's area. Yeah. Brings yeah. the folks out. Okay. So so you're there, and this this place so, is huge. It's an amphitheater. So on the stage, you can actually hear conversations going on across the street yeah because yeah. of the way it hits the this acoustics. big it, 
Yeah, it almost looks like it looks like a miniature version of the Sydney Opera House with the mm-hmm. way the it's yeah. almost like a, a, a sailboat with this big sail behind it. But you can hear stuff that is 200 yards away and it sounds like they're right next to you. So you see comics that are doing it for the first time and they're like looking around the stage <laughs> wondering what fucking ghost is about to drown them in the river behind the, the yeah. amphitheater. But um, it's just a conversation that's going on over there. So. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've figured out where the conversations are. And then when my friends are on that stage, I go over there and I'm like, this joke sucks. I can't believe you would tell this joke. Seven o'clock. There are kids in here and you're saying the F word. And then you can see people looking around like, where is this piece of shit? It's pretty fun. I haven't done that, but there is the tunnel stage, which has the acoustics in that are weird too. It's underneath the bridge. I think you've talked about that. And so you can hear very clearly somebody whispering to their they're not being disruptive to anybody but it sounds like they're whispering directly in your ear like so we got to go pick up cindy's kids after this and go and <laughs> yeah. and you're in the middle of i'm in the middle of telling a joke about my dad's dick or something and it's like <laughs> i don't need to hear about cindy's kids <laughs> cindy's kids this is my dad's dick <laughs> <laughs> so i'm out on the big lawn and it's uh the end of the night and they used to have cover bands um, oh, did I didn't ever, know that. Yeah. So huh. I think it was before you guys got there. They would have cover bands close out the shows and then go in between shows on the main stage uh, just to fill time. They ever have Helter, Helter Skelter? Do you know if they had Helter no, Skelter? No, they never had Helter Skelter. Okay, because they rock, man. Yeah, yeah rock. I've heard that. So oh, guitar. So I was out on the lawn with uh, Tommy Johnigan and Andy Woodhall. Okay. And we're drunk laughing. We're talking about the cover bands because the comics hated the cover bands because we had to be in the other stages while they were performing. And so we had to either compete sound wise with, with them for the audience's attention or the audience couldn't hear them at all. And only we could hear them while we were trying to perform, which was also super annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, uh, so we're that we're there. We're drinking and we're talking shit. And also, Andy had just broken his leg that year. He broke oh. it um, playing with a puppy. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Andy Woodhall is so gentle. A puppy broke his leg. Yeah, a puppy broke his leg. So he's got his leg in a cast and crutches. And we're talking about the the uh, the bands and we're watching this on stage, like fifteen hundred people around us and. And Tommy looks at me and he goes, Mike, I bet you won't go on stage and dance back to back with the lead singer. <laughs> and I kind of laugh it off. I'm like, yeah, I guess I, I don't think I could do that. I got to go pee. And I went to go pee and I actually snuck around the backstage and was just in the wings, <laughs> just waiting. Because what Tommy didn't realize was that I got there to, that day at 5 p.m. to host the main stage. Oh, yeah. And the headliner of the show was the band that we were currently watching. So I had hung out with them for like two hours. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say you were so wasted that it didn't matter that you did this. But that's even better that you like, you know, the band. (laughs) Well, that was my next point was that I had been drinking since 5 a.m. in the sun (laughs) or 5 p.m. in the sun. (laughs) And it was now 11 o'clock. So that was just six hours of hard drinking. And, uh, and I just waited until in between songs, I will start walking out on stage. And as I'm like halfway to the guy, uh, 
they play the first opening notes of Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> and, and the lead singer looks around, he sees me, clocks me, and then he, he has like a moment of panic, and then he realizes who I am, and he's like, yeah. oh, hey, it's Mike. And then he goes into the into the microphone and goes, hey, everybody, my friend Mike is going to join us for this next song. <laughs> And so I was a douche in my 20s, so I knew every word to Don't Stop Believing. So I get up there, and I'm singing, and we're, like, sharing a mic. And I'm so bad. I have such a bad voice that he's doing the thing where, like, we're sharing it, and he's just gradually moving it back to his own. <laughs> it's like a, the, the boner shift. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you're younger, you're just right. like, it can't be in the middle. It has to go to one side. So you're just slowly <laughs> yeah. leaning it away. And as I'm as I'm dancing next to him, I go and I go dance back to back with him. And then I find Tommy in the crowd and I point to him and then I just hold up two fingers and then a zero and then point back to him like you owe me 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I wave him onto the stage and then he comes on and then all the other comics around him follow him. And by the end of the show, every comic that was performing that year was on stage singing don't stop believing <laughs> and then sadly so many of those comedians that night have stopped believing they all stop believing <laughs> thanks covid tommy included so <laughs> thanks covid oh that's fantastic <laughs> so we get off we go back to the lawn and uh and tommy hands me 20 bucks he's like that was amazing and and I go, yeah, I fucking nailed that. And I kicked my leg out as hard as I could. And it made direct contact with Andy Woodhall's broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he fell over in pain and then spent like, we, it took him a long time to get up and he ended up leaving early. He didn't even go to the after party that night because he was in so much pain. Well, I mean, that makes sense. You yeah. you karate kicked, not no, which is the perfect way to kick something, right? When you punch something, you're supposed to pretend your target is six inches behind the surface. And that's what you did with your kick. You legitimately had the best kick you could do to a broken leg. How long had it been broken? Uh, a, a couple weeks. So it was not healed. No, no fucking way. Definitely not healed. No. <laughs> I think he it limps added now. Some I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> he he limps now. I didn't know that. You no. probably knocked it right off from how it was set. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did. No, they x-ray and they're like, what the fuck happened to you? Didn't you go to a hospital? You're like, have you ever heard the song Don't Stop Believing? It's the longest story ever. So after he's done telling it, they can't even reset it because it's grown into how far. <laughs> also, I was telling that uh, that story to our friend ran Barnaclo the other day. Yeah. And he goes, think about that from Andy's perspective. Cause he was on crutches. He didn't have time to get on stage to sing with us. So he just watched all of his <laughs> friends do this really cool thing. And then one of them drunkenly <laughs> broke his foot again. <laughs> What's great is if he would have thought, or if you would have just been so drunk, you didn't even care. And you were just like, you should have been up there with us. Why yeah. didn't you come up there with us? That's what happened. Yeah, that's what happens, you piece of Bros shit. forever, Andrew. Ooh, I, I, I think i using the same voice all the time, right? Bros forever, Andrew. Hey, everybody, it's News in the Morning. We are back with Mike Cronin in the hot seat. That was uh, 
fantastic story. I love Don't Stop Believing. Hey, everybody, we were just listening to I Don't Know. I only wrote down three songs for this bit today, and Cronin <laughs> has four stories. So we're going to get right to it. Hey, uh, have you ever been uh, mega-dosed? You ever heard of that? You heard of micro-dosing? You ever, you yeah. ever been mega-dosed? I have been mega-dosed, yeah. I'm God. four for four today, four for folks. Four. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Get me down to the college alt-rock station, and I will alt-rock your world. <laughs> yeah, so I was doing uh, – I open for Tom Segura occasionally, and uh, one of my favorite you nights missed, was uh, – You missed Size Wedding. I did. Because you were opening for Tom Segura. That's right. That's a choice you made, and now maybe him not talking to you since Christmas is making more sense. That does that actually adds up. I just I just turned my left shoulder under my chin and clasped my hands like I'm a therapist making an amazing point. (laughs) I was so embarrassed that I did that. I mean, if you're listening right now, picture that. So clasp your hands in front of you and then shift not your head, but just your trunk until your left arm is under your chin. And that's what I looked like. Like I was taking a senior picture and making a great point. Yeah. You open you open for Tom Segura. I do. Yeah. And one, one of, of my favorite favorites. Nights. One of my favorite nights ever was was when we were in Minneapolis and he goes, Hey, I'm going to uh let's hang out at Acme afterwards because you were doing Acme that week. Yep. So we get there and on the way he goes, by the way, Brian Regan's doing a different theater. Uh he's gonna be hanging out. So it was me, you, Tom Segura, Brian Regan inside yep. mm-hmm. and we get there now, and- now a lot of people don't know this if you don't know about what happened to tom segura he was in a dunk contest with burt kreischer he blew out his knee and when he fell the i don't know what the name of the bone is it's the upper arm bone mm-hmm. it cracked in half completely in half yeah and uh and he was back doing his podcast three days later but anyways yeah yeah uh, we miss you si. <laughs> And also, right after he did it, I ran over and kicked his leg and arm. Yo, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so yeah, me and Segura were in Miami doing shows. Okay. And uh, we, the night before, we, this is just something I just remembered. The night before, we were in West Palm Beach at a bar. And this, we just started randomly talking to this girl and she goes, you know, what's weird. Casey Anthony hangs out here all the time. And I've become like really good friends with her. <laughs> I don't know what's weird like, yeah, that's, that's that she really hangs weird, out lady. there or that your friend. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but we're in Miami. We do a theater. I bomb. He kills. And then. <laughs> Afterwards, he goes, do you want to go meet up with Joey Diaz? He's at the Miami Improv. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we go, and he tells me that Joey has been telling him all week that he has these pot cookies for Tom. And Tom had just started getting into edibles. And he's like, they're perfect. They're five milligram. You're going to love them. And so we get there, and security like escorts us back into the green room. And Joey, have you ever met Joey Diaz? I have not. He is so fucking funny. He was just immediately, as soon as we got into the green room, was just holding court and making me and Tom, like, <laughs> holding our ribs. We're laughing so much of these crazy stories and stuff. And finally, Tom oh, was like, great. hey, do you have, do you have those, uh, those weed cookies? And he goes, oh, fuck, I ate them all. 
well, you know what? Go in my jacket. I got these fucking pills. And we're like, pills? No, we want weed. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the weed pills. So <laughs> so we go into his jacket and pull out this this pill bottle. And Tom's looking at it. And he's like, he's like Joey, this is 1,000 milligrams. It's like, we were hoping for like five. <laughs> Jesus Christ, 1,000? <laughs> yeah, but Joey was like, that's for the whole bottle. That's not per pill. And we're like, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he goes, uh, he's like, here, give me them. And he's like, they're five each. Or they're, he said they're 10 each. So he pours four into his hand and then takes them. Now, this is like during the show. So he's about to go on stage and takes four, <laughs> we think, 40 milligrams. And we're like, oh, shit, I guess it can't be that bad if he just took four of them. So me and Tom both have one in our hand. We look at each other, kind of shrug, and then take it. Nice. And be- <laughs> but before we take it, Tom goes, he goes, Joey, I need you to know if these are more than 10 milligrams, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind and freak out. Like it'll ruin my life and my night. And Joey was so insistent that there are 10 that he took four in front of us. So we take them. And the second we swallow them, he looks over at Tom and he's smiling and he looks over at me and Joey just starts laughing maniacally like, <laughs> And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> but then I just thought it was because the whole whole night up until then, I was just in the corner laughing at both. I didn't say anything because I was just sure. the least funny guy in the green room. And I was like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to fucking clog up the works with my dumb stories. So <laughs> so I'm just sitting there. And uh, and then they, they bring us back out into the showroom and we watch the rest of the show. And Joey killed harder than I've ever seen anyone kill. Just destroyed the room wow and afterwards we uh were hanging out and tom's sister's there so he's talking to her and she is very he does a like impression of her on his podcast but she's very high energy very intense so she's just talking to him she's like oh my god tom seriously like i about this guy and he was like oh my god and and tom, <laughs> tom is trying to keep up but clearly the weed's hitting him so at one point he just looks at me wide-eyed and then goes back to <laughs> looking at his sister <laughs> and for the next 20 minutes he's just sliding downhill like something's really fucked up and uh we have to put him, we have to like carry him to the car to put him away. <laughs> and Tom has, uh, he rented a hotel room for us to hang out during the day, but him and Joey were taking a private jet back to LA. And then I was going to go back to the hotel room. So I was like, Tom, it's great working with you. I guess I, I'll see you later. And he's just <laughs> wide eyed staring like through the SUV, just like barely nodding and acknowledging me. So I grab an Uber and I go back to the nicest hotel room I've ever been in, in my entire life. Wow. It had nice. It was in downtown Miami. It had uh, a full kitchen, a dining room, Jesus. a living room, two bedrooms and two bathrooms. And two balconies Holy that overlooked shit. downtown Miami. Yeah. Are you sure funny. you didn't break into somebody's house? I could have. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, well, I'm, hey, I'm stoned. I got megadose. <laughs> yeah. But the whole Uber back, it hadn't even hit me that much yet. So I was just like, huh. It's like, I guess Tom's a lightweight. And, <laughs> and what I didn't realize is that it wasn't 10 milligrams. It was 200 milligrams. And it was laced with hash oil. What 
the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so, so I am just there and I'm like sending FaceTimes to my friends of like, check out this insane hotel room, man. It's the craziest place I've ever seen. And uh, about an hour goes by and I start getting high and I start getting dizzy. And then I'm like, I got to go to bed. And that's when being in the nicest hotel room I've ever been in was the worst thing that's ever happened to me because <laughs> I was in the living room and I had to go through the dining room, through a hallway to get to the bedroom. It was like when you're just in a hotel room by yourself, you're like, oh, I crawl 10 <laughs> feet to the bed and I'm fine. Yeah, it, it, when you open the door in a normal hotel room, you think I can fall and part of me is going to hit the bed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> part of my body, I'm going to at least know where the bed is. Yeah. <laughs> If I fall like a starfish, something is going to lead me to the bed. Yeah. So I go to try to get up, and my legs are so asleep. <laughs> oh, no, they're not asleep. They're stoned as <laughs> yeah. shit. You're just like, hey, everybody, check out this really cool hotel room. I'm staying in. Yeah, so, so uh, you know when, like, you – when you take a shit for so long, you splash water in your hair and pretend that you took a shower so that your girlfriend doesn't think you just took a 40-minute shit? Uh-uh. Oh, well, that's what I was going through. Uh, my oh. legs were just dead asleep. And I, <laughs> and I was getting up. I was like toddler walking, just trying to get life in them, like picking them up and, f and just flapping the feet around. And oh, I f my God. And I ended up just going to the floor and army crawling all the way to the bed. <laughs> I don't I don't think that hotel rooms should be able to film people having sex and put it out on like you porn or something like that. I think that should be illegal. But the idea of them catching this footage yeah. and then just giving it to you for and you can do what you want with it, I think that should be okay. <laughs> yeah, it should. Cuz that would be so good. And this is where it hits me. And now I'm army crawling. Yeah. And look at I'm sleeping. I'm not dead. It looks like I'm dead, but I'm just sleeping. <laughs> yeah. So I finally get into bed and I crawl up and I try to just close my eyes and go to sleep. But the whole room is spinning. And now I'm having audio hallucinations. I'm hearing uh, what sounds like old NES video game music playing nonstop, like Contra. Can, can I tell you something? Yeah. That was just me. I knew the acoustics of that hotel room, you and I was 200 yards away from you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just down on the street. People yeah. are like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm talking to my friend that's super stoned. I, it bounces off that window. It'll be perfect. <laughs> so now I'm freaking out. I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, maybe the office will drone this out. So I turn on the office as loud as I possibly can. Nothing. <laughs> Now, now I know like I have to throw up and then it, it just panic hits me. I'm like, this is the nicest hotel room I've ever been. If I throw up in here, they're going to charge Tom a thousand dollars. He's never going to talk to me again. He's going to fly to Detroit and cut my dick off. It's just not <laughs> going to work. So I, so I army crawl to the bathroom and I just lay I on the you're floor. Still crawling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I lay on the floor and I'm just trying to, to either make myself throw up, but I hate throwing up, so I can't force myself to throw up. Sure. So I ended up taking a hot shower to sweat it out, and then that made it so much worse. So I took a cold <laughs> shower to try to shock it out, and that didn't help at all. 
So then I, hey, hey, how do we get rid of this high? Call Cronin and do the opposite of what he says. <laughs> so then I go back to bed and I am just I'm just in the fetal position, rocking back and forth, going, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. And then out of nowhere, an intrusive thought pops in my head and goes, and don't jump off the balcony. And then I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and then I thought I was like, I guess I've just always thought about killing myself. And then and then I was that level of high where you always think you're that high and you will always be that high. And then it was like, I yeah. was always going to kill myself. It was inevitable. I've been building my whole life up to this moment where I was going to jump off the balcony. And, and so I was so freaked out about it that I ended up sleeping in the nicest hotel room I've ever been in on the bathroom floor, bear hugging the toilet so that I, so that I didn't jump off the balcony or throw up in bed. <laughs> oh, and then I got, drugs. Yeah. And I got two hours of sleep and woke up and I was fine. I was all good. And then, no, I was still higher than I've ever been in my entire life. And then I had to yeah, drive four hours to my parents' house because I oh drove there. God. Yeah. How and did I didn't, I was that? like, I spent two hours like, like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm going to do. I had to put, I essentially to get ready and leave, all I had to do was put two shirts into a suitcase and zip it up. <laughs> it took me two hours to do that because I was just panicking. Like, what if I run into somebody? What am I going to say? How do I act like a normal oh person? God. And so I was like, I was trying to map out conversations with people hypothetically that I would have in the hallway, like, hello, fellow person. Nope. That's going to freak them out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Holy I, shit. Did you, did you call Segura? Yeah. Event, well, no, I didn't because I was too scared to use a phone because I was also paranoid oh, wow. that everyone knew I was high and they were going to arrest me if I told anybody. That's a lot of milligrams. Yeah. Yeah, that's 200. Holy baby. shit. Uh, and so I, I eventually talked to Tom and, and he was like, that's the highest I've ever been. That was the craziest. And then I was like, what happened to Joey when he was on stage? And he goes, he asked Joey and Joey was like, oh, I was having a full bone panic attack my whole set. But he just crushed. Murdering. Oh, like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. What an asshole. But you know what? I've had a full-blown panic attack. I've only had a couple in my life, and one was on stage. It was actually when I walked into Acme, which is weird because it's one of my favorite places to be. Mm -hmm. And I was going on stage, and Asai was there, actually, and gave me kind of a shoulder squeeze like, all right, here we go. And uh, I walk out on stage, and I was trying to stay ahead of the panic attack the whole time. Yeah. So I was like three jokes ahead of where I where I was talking from in my head because I was trying to keep so much information entering my head so the panic didn't get a hold of anything. And uh, I listen to that set sometimes. I just I did. I fucking murdered. And I don't talk like that very often because yeah. I can find something wrong with everything. But um, I think it's because I was so focused on the words coming in and coming out and keeping everything else at bay that I just, I did. I fucking, I yeah. was one of the best sets I've ever had. I wish it was uh, an album, but instead it was just a, Oh fuck. Thank God it's over. Like that kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had those where it's like something horrible has happened in my personal life. And then I go on stage. The next set I have is like a, usually a killer set. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, God, I can't believe you took 200 milligrams laced with hash oil. 
Yeah. And then Joey, um, it made me think back to that moment. Joey laughed in my face. Cause I, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> because he, the whole time he was like, Oh, I'm going to fuck over my friend. This is going to be a funny prank. And then he yep. looks at me and goes, and I get to fuck over this stranger too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Collateral damage. Yeah. Also, how crazy is it that meeting a lady who's friends with Casey Anthony wasn't the craziest thing that happened that weekend? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're like you go back to that bar, you're like, you're not gonna believe this. That doesn't even fucking register. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't even register with what happened on this week. You're yeah. off the hook. <laughs> Holy shit. Cronin, I gotta tell you something. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you came back on. I'm glad you had a good sense of humor about everything. I, I mean, I I assumed you would because that's just your personality. But um, thank you so much for being on here, and thank yeah. you so much for bringing these stories. They're fucking killers. And we went. We were over an hour again, which is fantastic. I mean, I'm sure we'll edit down some of my babbling, but uh, mm-hmm. but just unbelievable. Glad you were here. Thank you so much. I'm gonna see if Sai will contact you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I love you, buddy. Got to go. Hey, everybody. We did it. We finally did it. That was Mike Cronin in the flesh. Um, He is real. He's very, very funny guy. He's going to be headlining Zanies in Chicago, March 26th through the 28th. And him and Rand Barnaclo, you've heard us talk about him before uh, from Cincinnati. Very funny. We told you to listen to his mixed tape uh, way back in the, in the summer. We told you about that. They have a podcast called Mr. Cheeks. If you want to give that a listen, uh, please do. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'm so excited for next week because uh, we're doing something that we've never done before. We're having a guest that is not a stand-up comedian. And uh, I can't wait to introduce you to them. Oh, I'm going to say them. (laughs) It's a mystery. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.